All right, welcome to Reengage. My name is Leslie Berry, and this is Rob, and we have been married a little over 18 years. Um, we have a picture of our family. We have four little buddies. Um, you're just gonna imagine them until it pops up. Oh my goodness, these are like professional pictures, y'all. It's a big deal for us. Anyway, so our oldest is 13 in the eighth grade, and our second is 10, and he's a fifth grader. Our third boy is seven. Oh gosh, he's eight. He just turned eight. Um, throws me off. He's a second grader, and then um, Becca is five, and she's preschool. So, that is what we live in right now. Yeah. We got married the week of 9-11. Anybody else get married that yeah. week? It's just crazy. wanted to make it to the altar. Yeah, just want to make it to the altar. Um, hey, thank you guys for showing up. I know, like, it's hard after Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> or is it just us? It was like, I'm beat. <laughs> like, what is and I was, zipper? like, off. So um, here's what I would say about us is uh, we are still in process. Very, If you know us well, we are still in process but we've grown a ton of just the principles you're learning here tonight um, and just communication, conflict, um, and how to do life with other people. So I would say we still get sideways with each other and have spinouts. But what I would say is just putting these things into practice over a long period of time, just the spinouts are less frequent and they are shorter. Uh, because I would say part of our normal cycle in the past was just, we would just go three days without talking to each other, look at each other like, you know what you did and you know what you need to do to make it right. right. So that's that just works. not a healthy place to live. So, um, so you want to talk about your family? Yeah. So a lot of what we bring into marriage is what we've been, you know, we've seen growing up. And so for me, particularly, that looked like my parents, um, I come from a lot of divorce in my family. And so my dad has been married four times. My mom has been married twice, divorced three times. And so um, that is what I grew up in. That's what was normal for me. If it didn't work, just go away from it. So with that, then communication was just not modeled really at all. Like it was that no one was talking about what's the elephant in the room. And so a lot of passive aggressiveness. Um, and then with that passive aggressiveness between my mom and my dad, and I would go spend time with both of them. Um, finances was always just a huge, huge stress and um, putting um, my parents would often um, have us in the middle of those financial conversations. So at a young age, I grew up thinking, Money is very stressful. We just need to get more of it and just keep it. And so that was kind of um, my view of money within that divorce culture I grew up in. And then, but through all that, um, my dad was just really um, intent when I would spend summers with my dad for me to just get to know the Lord. And so um, I would go to a church camp every summer and go to church with my dad when I stayed with him. And so through that, when I was about nine, I trusted Jesus um, went back to stay with my mom and we would go to church, but it was just less frequent. Um, so really didn't grow up in a home that was discipling me. I grew up the oldest of seven kids um, here in Dallas. My parents were 13 years apart and um, that caused stress in, in their marriage. I would say they were living undivorced, so they never got divorced. Um, they just slept in two different bedrooms for the, all that I can remember, they never talked in normal vo voice. They would always yell at each other like at an eight or nine to communicate. So um, it is normal, like when she we got married, it is normal for 
you know exactly where you stand with every member of my family at all times. She would say it's refreshing. I would just say it's normal. So like they just said it out loud. Yes. Um, we were kind of the opposite of them for most of the, you know, I guess the early part of my childhood, we had everything. We were like the family that went to Disney World every summer with a nanny. We were that family until oil busted in the mid 80s. And we kind of went from having everything to foreclosure, repossession, welfare, welfare and food stamps for over a decade. And we were kind of that family in North Dallas that had like, um, you know, cardboard in your windows. So we, we kind of swung over to this side. Um, I did not know anything about really Jesus um, until my girlfriend, when I was 16, her dad shared the gospel with me and just told me about what Jesus had done for me. And so my life really changed when I was 16. We thought, you know, because we both grew up in kind of dysfunctional houses, we thought just being believers would like solve any marriage woes we would ever have. What we didn't realize is you like have to put the words into practice that Jesus tells you to put into practice. You can't just be a believer. You've got to actually do the things he asks you to do in order to thrive in your marriage. So you want to talk about the first six years? Yeah. So from, we got married um, September 15th of 2001. And so for about that first six years, we just, I mean, I was like, we're going to, we're going to do this so much better. I mean, we have nowhere to go but up. (laughs) And so, um, we just, I, we dreamed big. I wanted to raise kids in Colorado and have mountain children. I don't even know what that means anymore. Um, but that didn't happen. And Rob, Rob was in the process of like seminary and, you know, something within the ministry, you know, seemed normal. Um, but soon as Rob got out of ministry after two years, we had been married, um, he just said, yeah, I I don't think I ever want to work in a church. And I was like, excuse me, (laughs) the plan you're not following it. And so, um, so, you know, through that struggle where he just didn't know what he wanted to do, um, went to go work for Starbucks for a while. And so really I ended up working longer than I expected to. Um, and we were in a church, we were in a, I don't even know what it's called, like a new young marrieds class. Um, I mean, and we met in a small group of 25 people. And um, so we were being as like, I guess, authentic as we thought we could at that point. But um, we, we were definitely, some, definitely our red flags were showing up. A lot of bitterness was growing in me. And um, Rob was just getting resentful as well. I would say the breaking point would have been when we had our first child. He's still our breaking point. And <laughs> 13 years later. And um, Jackson cried a lot. And it was just like, why don't these kids come with manuals? And they like literally let you leave with them. And so that was really hard for us. And I think what what having Jackson did just really was opportunity for the Lord to be like, you've got to deal with this stuff that you're not dealing with because this kid's not going to let you not yeah. deal with it. He, he just exposed what was already there, right? Um, which kids usually do. You know, I think, um, yeah, we were just passing like ships in the night. Like she had a full-time job. I had a full-time job. We had somebody watching Jackson. It was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. And I remember, um, you know, I was really into running then and I would like my one day off, I'd go run and that was not like good. Like four hours. For four hours. And I just was not a good husband. I was not a good dad. It was kind of all about about me. And, um, you know, I remember, like, there'd be several times where our sitter would call and say, hey, you need to come pick up Jackson. And I remember, like, 
in my mind, I was such a jerk. I'd just be, I'd call her and like, you need to figure this out. Like, cause my job's more important than your job, obviously, which it totally wasn't. And um, I just look back at those, those years are just kind of sad to me, just because we just were, we had, you know, in our 25 person small group that met at our house, like every week, we were, there were a couple, a few couples in there that were really crazy. And when you're like, there's other crazy peoples in the circle, you can just kind of not worry about yourself, taking care of your relationship and focus on other people. And if you do that for a long period of time, you become that couple. And I think that's just really what happened is we just, um, we were just kind of always focused on other people's problems except for our own. Um, another just problem is that just the financial thing just crept up. All these things we never wanted to be that our parents were, you know, financially. We just kind of became them. We we had over $50,000 in school debt. Like, of course, the first year we get married, we're like, we need a new car. Like, let's just pay retail for it. Um, and I pushed all the finances over on her because in my mind, it's like, hey, if I don't know reality, then I have freedom to spend whatever I want. That's a horrible strategy too. And it's not good for your marriage. But it was just another burden because of my passiveness, just putting on her, that just was another crushing thing really in our marriage. Well, and and in my side of that coin is just that <clears throat> I was like, I'm going to control this. I'm going to make sure that I'm never stressed about money. So I want to control the money. And so in that, and plus I was like, and I'm the sugar mama. My paycheck's more than yours, so I should control it. Um, and, and I also was taught never depend on a man. I mean, that's kind of what I grew up hearing. And so that bled into our marriage, which is, it's just crazy. So I was like, you can't handle this. I've got this. So that, that really marks the first six years of our marriage. Yeah. Um, we would say like the last 12 have been great, um, or moving in the up and to the right. (laughs) Um, but the first six are really rough. We, got healthy at Watermark in a really strange place. So um, we came to Watermark in 2007. And because we were leading a young adults class at our previous church, I literally thought I was God's gift to marriage. And so I was like, I want to serve in Merge, which is our premarital mentor. We've got six years under our belt. I'm God's gift to marriage. Serve there. So we got healthy, not in re-engage, but no, take it a step down at the premarital class. We had a table with five other like 22-year-old couples that all look good. Their skin looked good. And every single week where they're putting up principles up here, like the goal of communication is understanding. We're like, what? No one told me that. I could not take notes fast enough in that class. And we'd be like, y'all, this is good. Y'all should be writing this down. And they're like, hmm. And, um... I, I, I feel like every single night that we led and merge, we would come home and I feel like we would just ask each other for forgiveness because we're like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that up there. And they weren't complicated things. The crazy thing is whenever we get sideways with each other, it's like never more complicated than the principles you're learning here, really. Um, but we, it's just a failure to do those things consistently over a long period of time. So we got healthy in merge class. And one of those things that we kind of learned is just the basics of communication. Because obviously we weren't doing that well. And I was negatively interpreting everything about Rob from like a look on his face. I'm like, oh, I know what that means. And not asking him, not not probing into that. And then Rob came to realize that he just invalidated 
um, things that I did. Um, and so we had to talk about kind of like about that you shouldn't feel that way, you <laughs> yeah. know, or here's the solution, total guy stuff. Um, and so what I loved is that the more Rob got around people who were living like what Jesus said, hey, like, you know, be reconciled to each other, ask for forgiveness. So Rob starts coming home every day and is like, ask me forgiveness for specific things. I'm like, sure, that's okay. And I'm almost like, whoa. Like, I just didn't know people did that. Like, hey, I did this for you. Will you forgive me? Hey, the other day when I, um, that look I gave you and it made you feel like this, I'm sorry I did that. Will you forgive me? And then waiting for me to respond was really transforming in our marriage. Yeah, I think that that may have been the best phrase we've ever learned at Watermark is just owning what we did and asking for forgiveness. And I think what was refreshing about starting a Watermark in 2007, really 2007 in general, was um, like this was just a really safe place to fail because everybody was like vomiting up all their junk anyway. You're like, oh, okay. They're messed up like I messed up and it's okay if we fail. Nobody, Nobody's parents taught them conflict resolution or nobody's parents taught them how to communicate or manage finance. So it's like, it's, an, it's a great place. This is a great place to fail where people will love you, tell you the truth and just help you um, take the next step. So you want to talk about 2008? Yeah, and step? so <clears throat> about 2008, you know, we had been at Watermark, Watermark for about a year or two um, and we had been in a community group at this point. We had done a little bit of merge. And then we got to the point where it's like, we probably need Celebrate Recovery. Um, and actually, Rob was the first one to clue into that and, and asked me, I think you should go through it. And I'm like, really? You do? Well, you looked at me and you're like, you have a problem. <laughs> you're like emotionally detached. Well, yeah, I did. I was like, so, I don't think I've ever seen you cry. And I don't know if that's normal. And so... So she was like, do you think I should go? What's the, what's the right answer to that? <laughs> yeah, every spouse is like, yes, you should go. And so... And all Celebrate Recovery is like regeneration. It's here. region now um, here at Watermark. But that's what it was when we both went through. And we spent about a year and a half going through it, dragging our kids, put them in, you know, and just working through our individual stuff. Because we had a lot of stuff that we need to, to work through that. Yeah, and what, what I was kind of moving out of, I would say at this point, I was in kind of a white knuckle stage, which was um, during our engagement, I got knee deep in pornography. I mean, bad. And so, you know, fast forward six years later, it was a place where I was not clicking on stuff at that, at that point, but I was craving it like, craving it like an addict every single day. And I was like, I got to go get to the root of why I'm craving this so bad. So, um Anyway, that was a great year for us just to kind of individually get in my circle. She got in her circle and just to kind of individually get healthy, helped our marriage get healthy. And in and, and that, I identified my people pleasing and how that put me in a, a horrible, just crazy cycle of I never knew what to communicate my wants because I never wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. And so just that, that was the root of why I couldn't communicate because I wanted everybody to be happy and I never wanted anybody to be upset with me because that would be the worst. And that was just a very isolating, suffocating place for me to be. Leslie just used the word crazy cycle. It's basically a downward spiral where each person just negatively reacts and you just kind of keep going down and down until somebody does what Jesus says we should do, which stops the cycle. So um, my cycle would be, I'll just, you know, like I said, we would just get upset at 
hated each other and not talk to each other for three days and give each other the death stare until somebody owned it. And so one way that I, you know, Watermark has helped me kind of get out of the crazy cycle with my wife is just like, hey, if I sense that she's withdrawing, just to go up to her and go, hey, I, I want to love you. Have I done something to frustrate you here? You know, or vice versa. Hey, I know you want to love me. I'm frustrated here. Just to take the first step back towards reconciling versus continually go downward and downward and downward and continue to withdraw. Um, we had another kind of breakthrough, um, which was in the communication aspect of just, hey, how do you feel connected to each other? What makes you, so if you had to answer that in your relationship, what makes you feel connected to your spouse? Okay, I feel so shallow. Of course, my answer is like sex. And I feel shallow every time I say that. But I remember Leslie, what did you say? Do you remember? Well, I do remember, Rob. Um, (laughs) I just remember Rob just would want to have sex. And I'm like, but I don't even know what you did today. So I don't want to have sex with someone. I don't know what they did today. And I know that's weird. But I'm just kind of like, can we like talk? Like, how was your day? Who'd you have lunch with? What did you do? You know, how'd that make you feel? And so I finally was just like, I, I can't like do you until I've talked to you. And so basically it was a weird thing. And Rob calls it, oh, you just want to know my schedule. And I'm like, well, I never thought like, I need to know your schedule. So he literally went and like, I will print you off my schedule. And so he went and he printed off my schedule. You don't even do that anymore. Well, I remember looking at you, you go, I go, you just want to know my schedule. And you go, yeah, and I go, that is crazy. Yeah, he thought it was crazy. And I was like, oh, it just helps me know you. I know that's weird, but, um, and so. <laughs> Sorry about that. So anyway. Strike that. Um, and so anyway. Anyway. That, that kind of helped us know each other. You never yeah. know until you ask, right? So. Okay. So that's kind of like what I would say our first four years of Watermark. It wasn't. So 2007 is when we got here. Merge, cell recovery, you know, and just putting these things in practice. I would say around t- 2011 is where we started to get some steam going in the right direction. We're like, okay, we're starting to practice these things consistently where I would say, hey, I think we are like, we're healthy now, you know, and we are at a point where... We can communicate. We're not trying to read each other's minds. We're not withdrawing and staying stuck in the crazy cycle. And so something really big happened in 2011. We paid off a a ton of debt. So we paid off um, school debt and we're able to live on one salary. And so, which was a huge deal. And so I could stay home and I was about to have my third son in November 2011. And so it was awesome. Like I could be a stay-at-home mom, finally be with the kids, um, and we could live off Rob's salary. And what's crazy is coming from our history, it was this huge leap of faith just in trust for us um, in this area. But God really gave us this sweet time. And I think because we were learning how to communicate so well, that's the reason why we got there. You know, like you can do big things when you can really be known, understood, and start moving in the right direction. And so God was really sweet to us in that time. Yeah. And just marriage, it gets easier when you're not under bondage of just a ton of debt too. Just one less burden we had to just try to figure out. Um, And then so kind of our next section of life is really the next time we hit kind of rock bottom. And I think it was like, hey, we got this. We we know how to communicate now, all this stuff. And then the Plano campus opens in 2015. And um, it was just a rough year. And there were a lot of circumstances. But at the end of the day, 
um, I, during that first year, we were, the doors were open here. I just was not listening to Leslie. And, um, you know, I remember, I remember a guy in my community group just saying, hey, do you think you can articulate what she's trying to say? And I'm like, well, yeah. And he goes, okay, we'll try it. Go, go right now what you think she's trying to say. Say it back to her and see if you, you're hitting. And I was like, so off. I was totally missing what Leslie was trying to say. So, Yeah, so that year that um, God, I mean, it's just like any major job change. That's what it was for us. And so moving, going to a, 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 you know, a, a big staff, to a small staff, a lot more responsibilities for Rob. And the same times we decided to adopt. And so you never know when you start the process and we ended up the same month getting a baby. And so we went from a family of five to a family of six and opening a new campus. And so it was just a lot. And so um, there was the just for me, I was really exhausted um, and overwhelmed and trying to figure out the whole adoption world and feeling kind of alone and isolated while Ra was figuring out his new job. Um, and I think in that, I went back to just some bad habit, what our flesh does, patterns. I just believed lies. And I honestly, it's crazy to think now, but I just remember being at home thinking, like making up crazy, like believing fantasies in my head, like, because Rob would just say something, and I went back to negative interpreting, like, hey, did you know so-and-so could do this? You know, we were talking about meals, and I was sitting there going, he wishes he was married to her because she does crockpot meals. Or, like, he would talk about... Love those crockpot meals. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I do crockpot. Anyway, I mean, and it... <laughs> But you're serious about it. And then I, I don't know why, like, some girl could do an Excel spreadsheet and I couldn't do one. I thought if, and I think Rob wanted an Excel spreadsheet or something. I was like, if I could just do an Excel spreadsheet, like, I, he'd like me like he likes that girl that's an admin with him. You know, like, I was, go, I was having unrealistic things and I was not vo- voicing this to Rob at all. Um, and so that was just, when I realized these things I was believing that I hadn't even asked them if they were true, it just got tense and we're like not even practicing what we had learned the past five or six years. And so, um, yeah. And so anyway, we ended up talking about it, which was revolutionary again, and, um, kind of worked through all those misconceptions, my negative interpretations. I confessed to him. I'm like, I think you would rather be married to her because of A, B, C, and D, this girl because of this, this girl because of this. And I was just dying as a mom of four. And like, yeah. And I think just, you know, my part in all that was like, you know, look, we all believe lies. Um, but like, that's part of my role as a husband to just cherish her, affirm her, remind her of who she is, remind her of why she's like such an amazing helper and all those things. And I really had focused on this place for the first year and not affirming who she was. Um, you know, I love what Hebrews 3 says, which is true in your marriage to just encourage each other daily as long as it's called today so that you will not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And my lack of encouragement with her and um, just allowed lies to fester and sit in there. And I just look back and I'm like, man, I, I wish I could have had that year over to just um, affirm her, build her up and listen to her and not, um, you know, be so focused here. So all that to say, that was kind of the last time we hit rock bottom. I mean, I feel like we cried for hours, 
you know, during that time, just going, okay, this is what's true about us. This is who, how we see each other. And this is reality. And let's just, we got to work hard at this thing. You know, whenever we start coasting, it's like, okay, the next rock bottom's down the road. We just got to be diligent in these things, put them into practice over and over and over. And and, it's like we knew what gives life, right? And, and it's in Satan, like John 10, 10, you know, the enemy wants to still kill and destroy, and he's always looking for a way to sneak in. And I think what we've learned is like, you've got to continue to repeat all these things you've learned. Like you're never going to master it. You're going to get better. Like even after we talked and cried, like we turned that corner so much quicker than we had six years ago, which was so encouraging. Um, yeah, and so that was that was like an encouraging part of even though we hit rock bottom again, how the Lord just, you know, helped us turn it quicker yeah. than we had before. So um, our story is really just putting into practice the principles you're learning here and um, just doing that over and over and over and over over a long period of time produces results. Um, it's the law of the harvest. You know, you're going to reap what you sow. And so you just got to sow and sow and sow and sow and sow and sow. And um, over time, God begins to change things that are just dead on the inside to things that are alive. So um, let me pray. Father, um, thank you just for Jesus. Thank you that he has the words to eternal life. Watermark doesn't. Reengage doesn't. Mentor couples don't. Jesus you have the words of eternal life. And so, Father, I pray you'd help us um, as we sit in our circles tonight, sit in an open group, um, and read your scripture, process your scripture. I pray that you'd help us get our hands around your words that have eternal life, and you would lead our marriages in the right direction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.